Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Growth Insights Podcast with IRI. I'm Jonna Parker, our resident fresh expert here at IRI, and I'm joined today by Sally Lyons-Wyatt for another in our continuing series called Fresh Perspectives with Sally and Jonna. Today's topic is one that we talk a lot about internally and with our partners at FMI and in the retail and supplier community, but it's a really interesting one to have a chat about in this podcast, and that is about the concept of splitting the ticket. Fresh used to be known, right, as the place that grocery stores really owned, and especially this year, but even the last two or three, we've really seen a shift in how much competition for the fresh dollar there is happening at retail. And, you know, Sally, I think to kick us off, one of the stats we talked a lot about on our webinar on May 19th is how in light of the age of inflation, people are still making more trips. The average households, the trip Frequency is up, 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 but the amount spent in each store is down. And what are some of the things, you know, that usually surprises people when we share that. What are some of the things that that you've seen of, of how and why that's been changing? Well, first of all, consumers are savvier. And, you know, being that they're savvy, they're looking, they're searching online. They will use that path to purchase has become so complex. So when you think about the, that where you are with the trip being split, that's after a whole lot of things that happen right up, upstream. And that includes them getting online and looking for the things that they know they wanna go buy and where can they get the best deal. And they have, we have started to see that happen to um, Jonna's point, they're splitting up their trips and then they're starting to buy certain things at different retailers for different reasons. And just as one example, um, what we've started to see across those channels might be at Walmart. When you think about the Walmart commercials, they talk and they really up there about family and gatherings. Maybe it's the cookout. They've gotten a lot of their um, recent commercials are about those summer, the summer occasions. And so one of the categories that popped for Walmart was around bread and buns, right? So the really getting into rolls, buns for burgers, hot dogs, etc. That made sense to us because we know that that's part of what they're communicating, but they feel if they can if they can reel in the consumer to really then opt in for the buns and rolls, then they'll probably get them for the rest of that occasion. Flip over to maybe a Costco, think, thinking about one of their lead items that they like to put forward and it works is that deli prepared chicken. And so when you kind of step back and you think about it, you get them in for that, that one particular item and you can hook them in to trying to shop around the store for others. It may not be the entire meal. They may get all of their sides and everything else, or they may want to go and get their ingredients for the rest of the recipe at grocery or another retailer like what Jonna was talking about with Aldi could be Trader Joe's. So when you start to look at that path to purchase for the consumer, you then start to understand how you have to get to them way upstream before they even come into your store to make that trip and then what they're gonna buy. 
And then I know Johnny can talk about then when they are making that trip, then what are some of those decisions? What are the things you need to think about um, as you do that? But I highly encourage everyone to really step back and look at that entire path, because if you don't interrupt them along that path, you're not going to get the trip. So, Jonna, I'll hand it over back to you. One thousand percent, Sally. It's it's about I think the thing that always again, when I share data with folks across the industry and even sometimes at dinner parties, most folks can rattle off the top of their head what they think the top five most frequently purchased items are and the five items then you'd reason to believe are why consumers choose where they shop. And to be honest, that list does include milk and butter and bananas and bread, but it's really interesting about how retailers, especially outside the traditional grocery channel, have taken those core trip driving categories and stood for something in them. So the example I give often is one of the local grocers here in my marketplace makes the best fresh tortilla chips to the point where here in the Southwest, I know many people like the Costco chicken who go to this traditional grocer because of their fresh tortilla chips. It's a frequently purchased item out here. A lot of times you want to press your friends and family or upgrade that nacho night. And that was a choice by that retailer to invest in an item that nobody would have thought would become a trip driver. So I really think, you know, we did do in our May 19th study, a look at each of the grocer or the top primary places, both traditional grocery and then four other places that are competing heavily with fresh. So that's Aldi, Walmart, Costco, and we threw Trader Joe's in as well, because lately they've also been actually recently voted as the top grocer in the US. And when we looked at what is in the most common, most frequent baskets of households who are shopping those, it was almost the same. And then as Sally said, we started to see those differences. If everyone's competing with the same items, how do you stand out? To me, as much as that's talking about service and freshness, which we know everyone trying to sell food is, is leading with right now, maybe not the same way with service or freshness, but if we're all leading with hot prices on ground beef and, you know, we've got the freshest eggs, how are you going to get differentiated shoppers? So Sally, I know you live in a market that's equally differentiated and you get to travel all around the country. What are some of the ways that you've seen folks differentiate with fresh? Well, I want to also say that you also take into account, I'm not going to answer your question right out of the bat. I'm going to just first say, let's also think about what's going on that's going to impact what you need to lead with. And what I mean by that is, you heard a lot about the great migration as we were going through COVID. And what that means is you've got some folks from California moving east, maybe that, or they move north, right? You've got the East Coast that, um, especially that Maine, New York, DC, moving South, Southeast, Southwest. And what that's doing is it's mixing up that melting pot even more because you're gonna end up getting different taste profiles. You're looking, consumers are looking for things that might be of comfort to them, but also that might be local favorites. And, um, and so in doing that, what we've started to see, I do live in Texas, as Jonna mentioned, we are seeing a variety of different cultures um, being um, uh, celebrated and promoted. We are seeing different flavors really coming into play, especially when it's fruit. We see some really unique and exotic fruits coming in so that there can be distinction. We see it with meats. 
whether it's prepared meats or whether it's, hey, the ribs are on sale along with and they package it up to give a meal for $10, $12. Those are the things we're seeing that are seem to be resonating and helping drive fresh sales up in these states that I kind of mentioned a little while ago. And that brings up something really interesting. When we were talking on an earlier podcast about the current, you know, marketing fresh in the age of inflation, we were talking about promotions. And I think right now, probably more than ever before, grocery stores and hot prices at grocery stores of key items is water cooler talk. It's social media chatter. Hashtags are being created to tell people about great recipes they made for a certain amount. That's another way to differentiate and lead with fresh. Maybe everyone has ribs on sale this week, but if your social media is talking about it and delivering recipes on it, it's a traffic driver at this point. Consumers are more engaged with food than they've ever been before coming out of the last period where we've had to make so much at home. I don't think we're creative enough in thinking about how to inspire and change and grow. And then that becomes retailer as trusted partner. That becomes service in the 21st century, the way that several decades ago, having a friendly produce clerk or, you know, someone who was there available to cut up your vegetables for you, service can be digital. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to think about it that way. You know, the other thing we've seen, Jonna, is just themes that are from a total industry perspective that are very much resonant in fresh, like convenience, like premiumization, like holistic health. And what's funny about this is, you cannot look at convenience the same anymore. With what's gone on with hybrid working models and the fact that you've still got consumers at home, especially with gas prices, we've started to hear that some consumers are staying home even more than going into the office because they don't wanna spend the money on the gas to get there. So convenience, in our opinion, from a point of view from IRI, is that convenience now isn't just on the go, there's at-home convenience as well. So one of the things that we've seen um, and that you've shared in the data is around salad kits, right? So they've been around for a long time, but a salad kit isn't just to make a salad anymore. I just talked to a few consumers that use the salad kits to make a, just they roll it up in a tortilla and they have themselves a nice wrap, right? So. You have to, again, step out of the norm, step out of kind of what that traditional definition of these might mean and really kind of zero your messaging, zero your promotions to kind of adopt and adapt to what consumers are looking for. That's such a great point. And it gets into, again, the splitting of the ticket, as we've talked about, right? Only, you know, if we start to just look at the universe of market share in the retail space for fresh food, I want to share the actual stat. We're at less than 40, I'm sorry, 48% of all fresh food sales in the retail space happening at traditional grocery at this point. That might surprise some people, but we've actually watched that number relatively share down. It picked up a little bit during the initial part of COVID, but we've already seen it back to where it was pre-COVID. And you hit on a further place beyond competing with Supercenter Club and you know other stores, the concept of convenience and indulgence and even holistic health is now being delivered to people not in stores. You can, right, with the advent of um, online ordering for 
restaurants have much faster and easier ready meals available to you. And one way that Instacart, for example, I've really been watching that I'm so excited about is they now, as part of their overall grocery platform, have a page dedicated to what they consider to be um, kind of pushing back on the fact that DoorDash and Uber Eats can deliver you meals from your local pizza shop or your local sandwich shop. They've curated a special page with ready meals available at grocers. So you can get your groceries delivered and see that the most popular meals at your grocer that are ready to heat or ready to eat. And what's so interesting about it, Sally, is to your point, when I look at what comes up on that page of my local market, it's salad kits and rotisserie chicken. So again, two things we've talked about a lot are now new trip drivers, but imagine what that page could be with the infinite number of amazing opportunities there are between charcuterie boards and vegetable crudite. Like there's so much at the store. How do we make that more solution-based versus someone having to type in Italian slice lunch meat? That Instacart is a huge point. And then the other piece I shared on the webinar that actually has changed my life, I have to admit, is, you know, we've talked so much and still get questions about meal kits. And we do track subscription meal kits. Many meal kits have now made their way into the store, but those still require cooking and typically between 20 and 30 minutes. So the new evolution of that in kind of the digital world is ready to heat restaurant quality, fresh refrigerated meals. And there's several subscriptions. The one that I've been watching the most closely is Factor. They deliver restaurant quality, fantastic food and if you say, I'm looking to be calorie conscious, I'm looking to eat keto, they'll curate the meals for you. Imagine if your store could do that. I know those options are in the store, but they're harder to find than paying this third-party service to do so. That's the new competition. 100% agree. And I would say, take your cues from those different services out there. Look to see what's there and how you can adopt to that. You know, in this age of affordability that we are embarking upon, even if you're a retailer or a product that is more premium, is more around service, you can still really do well in what is going to be a recessionary time by really taking that service into flipping it and helping find solutions for your consumers, doing what Jonna just talked about, leveraging some of the technology, leveraging some of these apps, finding a way to leverage your nutritionist as well as some of your just service providers from the deli and the bakery and the and the butcher getting them together they are some of the most wonderful people to engage with but not everybody gets a chance to do it provide that option to your consumers and your shoppers in a way that will surprise and delight you uh, delight them and you because you'll see the sales <laughs> that is a great way to summarize this this chat, Sally, because ultimately it reminds me of something we've both said throughout our now, I think, four-year journey of doing Top Trends and Fresh together, solutions, not silos. Odds are you have the products and offerings in your store that meet all the needs from the people you're competing with, but open your eyes to how they're competing. Because just because you have it doesn't mean it's connecting or known by the shopper you're seeking. So with that, I want to thank you, Sally, for joining me today on our next, on our latest Fresh Perspectives. I know we'll be back in the fall with more thoughts as uh, more time goes by. So thank you so much for joining me and as always for helping me best understand not just fresh, but total food and beverage. Thanks, Jonna. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights.
Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.